It's a brick building. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, no budgets, and letting it all hang out. It is brick the film. Yeah. This film walked into my office, and I already knew it was trouble. It's from a director who I knew from long ago. Seen many times, seen many do great things, but somehow it seemed different this time. What you doing here? I said. Here to show you brick. Came the response. I looked at my partners, Sean Nabra and E.J. Lee, and I said, I feel like this fella's trouble, but we gotta hear him out. Let's hear what his story is. I've gone slightly southern. This is it's already in a spiral, but I didn't let that stop me. This is still all part of the monologue. And so, I turned and I said to the film that walked in, director that walked in, I've already lost the... Welcome back to Hurt You Saw! I tried. I tried with the bit. Hey, last had a good 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah, that's like a decent-ish gold <laughs> open. Uh, welcome back to Hurt You Saw. Uh, this is your host with the most, your boy, your man on the edge, your lone detective, Nick. Uh, and I'm joined with Sean Nabra. Hello. And EJ Lee. Hello. And we just watched Ryan Johnson's Brick. So... We begin as ever with our wonderful round of one-line hot takes. I'm gonna go with Sean. Mm. Your one-line hot take on Brick. Um, I think this was the film that basically guaranteed that Joseph Gordon-Levitt will always be my boy. Mm. He's really good in this. Mm. He's just—I mean, there are precious few films that he's not, you know, like does a serviceable performance, but he really. Oh, and this was his transitional film, right? Mm. Because prior to this, it was all Third Rock from the Sun. Massive break from acting, and then break. Yeah. Hell of a comeback. EJ, <laughs> your one-line hot take. I remember why I watched the subtitles. The yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I will say I've never been more like directly angry at people outside the flat. Yeah. <laughs> than when like, someone says, like... Yeah. I'll never know what that was. Yeah. Um, for my one-line hot take, oh crikey! Um, what I love about this film is the way that it's so earnest, but is built within this apparently ridiculous structured reality that doesn't really exist. So it's like the it's the highest low stakes movie. No, it's the lowest high stakes. No, the, you were right. There. The the highest low stakes movie ever. It's fantastic, and mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so. Uh, since this is ostensibly like a mystery film, are we going to do a full synopsis or just premise or premise. What, what, what's in your heart? There's EJ? too much to synopsize. This mm. film is incredibly complicated, mm -hmm. and I'm not convinced I completely follow all of the threads that it <laughs> leaves. Uh, it leaves no loose ends, but they're extremely difficult to follow. Mm. Basically. Uh, we open on the death of a girl, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is investigating. And um, in the two days before, he find he knows she's in trouble. He knows it's to do with drugs or guesses. And there are several different groups of high school cliques involved. Mm. Uh... She's killed, or dies, and he goes around investigating who's involved, why she was killed, who he can 
kick back at yeah. and destroy. Yeah. And gets in deep in the teenage drug dealing <laughs> of Southern California. The seedy underbelly of high school <laughs> life. Um, I feel like I'm going to just say up front that we might talk about spoiler aspects to this film. Mm. Um, it's highly worth watching. I mean, it's kind of old. Like yeah, It's like 13 years old now. Yeah. It's really 2005. Good yeah. lord. Yeah. Um, but highly worth watching if you've not seen it. Um, consider this the spoiler alarm. I think it's been 10 years since I've seen this film. Wow. It had been um, five years for me, approximately, I think, because I saw it in 2012, 2013. I think I, yeah, I think I saw it in about 2012. And I think it was in that build-up to Looper and that. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Yeah, my yeah. friend of the show, my friend Sam, um, was like, hey, you enjoyed Looper? I was like, yeah. He's like, you should totally watch Brick. It's awesome. Yeah. And we went and watched it, and it was awesome. I'd watch, I said this off Mike, but I watched Brick by accident in 2008 because my dad ordered it from Netflix when he still got DVDs in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> that was the time. Oh, yes. Man, the days before terrible, terrible streaming services. Yeah. Man, so, um, EJ. Yes. So, as the person who saw Brick longest ago, yes. what were your thoughts on this film? It fucking holds up. Yeah. It's, like... I have watched this film before I'd ever seen Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is heavy in this film. Yeah. This is like if Twin Peaks was less weird. Like a, a, a more normal high school noir. Yeah. 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 It's so similar. Yeah. In not, not in like a way where it's ripping it off, but it's, it's taken some influence from it. Yeah. I see a little bit of, sometimes almost Wes Anderson. Yeah, I, I was totally gonna say yeah. some of the way that the, some of the shots are constructed has that kind of Wes Anderson esque like kind of artful mm. nature to it. Yeah, like plus, sometimes plus feels... also like some of the like the tone of some of the scenes are very yeah. Wes Anderson, and yeah. where it feeds into more comedic elements. There's that great yeah. bit near the end when he goes to like the the pins um, den. And he walks in, and all of like Tug's heavies are there, just yeah. having like juice yeah. with the pin's mom, and it's got yeah. that kind of like absurdist comedy aspect to it. Yeah, mm. every the... single one of them is wearing like a uh, wife beater T-shirt. Yes. Like, there, there was really strong costume work in this film, I think. Yeah. Like everyone had a very on-brand look, yeah. like especially um, uh, Laura, the like yeah. I guess the femme mm. fatale of the film. Like she had some tremendous outfit work done. I was just yeah. like, mm. this looks. Right. Whereas other characters never change their outfit whatsoever oh. over the weeks it takes place. Everyone wears the same thing except for her. Yeah. And the um, girl in the drama department. Oh, yeah. Where every time he goes to see her is wearing a yeah. different, more outrageous <laughs> costume. <laughs> All the men wear the same thing. Yep. All the women yeah. change. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's like, it, it really holds up for me because um, I was on a very much like, uh, not less of Ryan Johnson kick and more just a... Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt kick at that time because I was all like oh man he, he was in G.I. Joe and was tragically underused see yeah he's fucking Cobra Commander oh god I didn't know yeah, that yeah it's bad <laughs> like he only has his regular face in like one scene <laughs> yeah. which is a flashback and then he dies in the flashback and it's revealed actually G.I. Joe it was me Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> and you're like oh you needed a paycheck 
I won't see that. Oh, it no. don't. It's a, I won't. It's a very bad film. It also has a remarkable appearance of Brendan Fraser in a completely uncredited role. I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah there's a, so there's a, in, in G.I. Yeah. Joe, there's a bit where the Joes are doing a training montage to become Joes, and there's like a sergeant guy who's being like, well, I don't know if they're quite tough enough, <laughs> during all their exercises, and it's fucking Brendan Fraser. Yeah. It's clearly him, uncredited. Not what? in the credits at all. Just not even named. He's just there. That's weird. It's really weird. But to come back to Brick, um, <laughs> this reminds me a lot in feel, obviously, of um, one of the favourite shows that we've done, which was Bound. Yeah. Mm. That whole noirish like, kind yeah. of like, the, not just the 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 whole noir and you know mafia kind of like murder mystery esque storytelling, but also the way that it was shot. Like, the feel of it. It yeah. had that very kind of constructed air to it. Like, I mentioned in my one-line hot take, like, this... Because they're teenagers, but they're doing the, the incredibly serious business of dealing drugs and murdering each other. Yeah. It, it's, it strikes you as, like, well, this clearly isn't fully reality as it exists. You yeah. know, it's like... The, the, um, the vice principal is like the police chief. Yeah. Even though that's not what a vice principal is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it has this sense of, like, nothing's quite real. And then suddenly it strikes you with these moments of tremendous reality. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I, don't, I really love how it really does stay true to, like, the tropes and, like, conventions of film noir. Mm. Yeah. And it's just, like, you could slot everybody into their role. Really. And it's just... It's a silly thing. It works so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like it's a great genre piece. It's absolutely mm. like just on it. Mm. And the way it's shot, there's some beautiful bits oh, of editing. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. the the first uh, was it the match cut from the title card yeah. is super good. Like even so I was like, that's a good match cut. Yeah. And there were so many moments where I was just making like little like hand gestures like. Mm. Mm, like like I'm, I'm rubbing my fingers like I'm just yeah. tasting a delicious piece of food. Yeah. There's lots of like little bits where they do clever cuts. Like the a lot of the punches that are thrown mm -hmm. are filmed in really interesting ways. It's like isn't it? I can't remember who hits him. Um, I think it's when he first meets da um, Dowd. 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 Maybe. Oh, maybe. There's the bit where he punches the cigarette out of his mouth. Yeah. Mm. And it, like, you see the swing from one angle, then it cuts to, like, another shot to show the impact, and then it cuts to another thing to throw the cigarette fly away. It's, like, really, duh, 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 like, yeah. on the single mm. moment. It works really, really well. Like, mm. oh. Definitely you can see DNA of Looper in this as well. Mm, like, Ryan, jo Ryan Johnson definitely has a style. Yeah. A question I want to throw to you guys. Have you both seen The Last Jedi? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So how do you feel about Johnson as a director going from clearly indie passion project written and directed by him, obviously total artistic control, to something which would have been very studio-led, albeit he still managed to create one of the most controversial modern films? Like, do you think you can see kind of like the elements pulling from one to the other, like his directorial style? No. I thought that Last Jedi was not good. Really? It was like... I, I feel nothing towards it. I feel Ooh. virtually nothing towards Star Wars in general. I had the same... Th I, it, let's just quickly get all of our positions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care about Star Wars. I Last don't. Jedi made me care about Star Wars. Really? Because I yeah. really... I was like, this is great. I didn't care about Star Wars. And you I continue liked, not to care. <laughs> I continue to not care. I liked... 
I genu generally liked the reboot, not the reboot, the most, re the big one that came back and the everyone Force freaked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. <laughs> you know the one. The big one that came back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I thought Johnson did Rogue One. No, no. that was uh, Gareth Edwards who did that. Oh, word, okay. Yeah. Uh, Didn't the, someone get kicked off that? Uh, yeah, Josh Trank was originally. Oh, then, yeah. oh god, but yeah. And of course, they had the whole Fantastic Four thing in that. Fantastic Four stick. Yeah, Four stick. Yeah, killed his career. Mm. While well, also him being a, apparently being a douchebag. Apparently so. Apparently being <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I didn't care about the Last Jedi. It was fine. There was elements that I liked. Yeah. But in general, it was kind of shit. <laughs> I don't, I, That's good. Yeah. Divert divisive I, opinions on podcast, the cast. Yeah. But <laughs> in general, I, I thought the director was fine. Mm, it was sure. nothing. Mm. No. Uh, Star Wars in general means a lot because like one of my earliest memories is my mum saying, "Watch Star Wars. So I think you'll like it." Okay. And like, I absolutely love it. And that's and like I loved like the direction that Last Jedi took. It mm. took it in a different way, especially like. Um, like I've seen like the behind-the-scenes documentary, mm. and the is it is interesting. Like if you watch behind-the-scenes documentaries, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, the two very different ones. Like Force Awakens is very much, we're making a Star Wars films. Everything's wonderful. It's great. It's wonderful. There's nothing, no pressure at all. It's great. It's wonderful. It's brilliant. Last Jedi. Fair, they they must have been like well, the last f three films that came out. Yeah. They had nothing to lose. Yeah, we were just like, so, I mean, we yeah. we're making a new one. Uh, but it's that thing of like. Force Awakens documentary it just made it it's just great fun we had no problems whatsoever yeah. what's the for Last Jedi it's just oh fuck this film's gonna kill me <laughs> it's just, oh, it is like a really it's a really good in-depth honest look at how what it takes to make a big blockbuster and yeah. like the pressures that come along with it interesting and like with um, Last Jedi like in that as well they keep in the whole thing about how Mark Hamill doesn't like where it went with Luke. Yeah. Like, it's something of like... Which he did later retract in yeah. multiple areas. He was all like, actually, now that I've seen it all finished, I'm like, yeah, yeah all right. Oh, it's something, he put uh, a good line where it was just like, I don't agree with what they do with the character, but I understand it. Mm. And something of like, it's not mine to control, it's his. But the thing so, I find um, interesting is that we were just talking about how Ryan Johnson in Brick, mm. it's a really strong genre piece where he's yeah. very clearly observing all of the different tropes, and he plays that pretty much by the book. Mm. Like, you have a conventional noir story, which, you know, homage, homages, like, lots of other noir stuff, yeah. and plays it straight. It ends with the, you know, the, you know, slightly dour ending with the sort of, like, I'm a hard-bitten private detective whose life has fallen apart, and I'll probably end up in the bottle kind of thing, you know, yeah. like, I'm my own worst enemy due to, like, you know... I just want to say, sorry, complete minor tangent. I really liked the strong contrast between Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Levitt's character in the present and the emotionality and range that he showed in the flashback to the breakup sequence. Yeah. Mm. Like the bit when he says, I love nothing else but you! Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh! It's it's such a... It, it, it's interesting because it's evocative of, like, when you're a teenager you feel all of your emotions at, like, 200%. Yeah. You know, and everything feels like the most important thing in the world, like your first relationship is the most important relationship there's ever been. Yeah. And it's got that naivete, but then you take that and extrapolate it through the lens of noir, and you have, like, no, this was, like, his big one love, 
and now he's a broken, fucked up guy, yeah. even though he's fucking 17 or whatever. And you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah, which is really cool. But one of the things that Last Jedi has that makes it, I think, quite interesting is that it deliberately tries to subvert the genre that it's a part mm. of. It, like, deliberately takes, like, okay, here's the established formula that you think you all know, and we're going to go the opposite direction. Mm. I think it's interesting seeing Johnson go from something that's so reliant on genre tropes to something that relies on them, but in completely the opposite way. Like, showing that he's moving around, you know, he's much... I feel like he's become... You could say that he's become aware of tropes in a way that now he's sort of... Okay, I'm aware that these have, like, a metatextual value, and I'm, like, turning my film around that. Which is, like, a, I think is a very interesting position to approach film from. Do you know what he's doing next? Uh, I have no idea. Oh, okay. Well, I remember hearing that he was going to head up the next Star Wars trilogy. Oh, really? Oh. There's like, going to be another trilogy? Oh, Apparently so, yeah. Oh, of course, mm -hmm. Disney. You know. Yes, they uh, made their money, haven't they? Because they well, I heard that, already. I heard that everything got thrown out because, like, um, Solo underperformed. Uh, the spin-off. next spin-off. Oh, the spin-off. Which is like, the Boba Fett one, right? Or so. Yeah. Who the fuck cares about Boba Fett? I know. It's just, it's uh, like, he's a guy with a cool design. That's about yeah. it. I don't really need mm. anything else. But I, I, I'll always give him a spin, Ryan Johnson. Mm. I think that he's definitely got an interesting directorial voice yeah. just to be like, what are you up to? <laughs> he's writing the next one. The next Star Wars? Yeah. What, the, the third? The George third, Lucas. The third one or the one after? Untitled Star Wars Trilogy Episode 1. It's oh, okay, so the new trilogy. Yeah. All right. Blimey. Okay, well, good luck to him. I imagine... Lots of people are going to be very pissed off about that. But lots of people are also going to be very pleased about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way of Star Wars. Mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm. What do we make of him as a performer? He's extremely good in this film. Mm. He's um, got range. He's He almost, in some aspects of this, reminded me a little of like Keanu Reeves. Mm. In the sense that people sometimes criticise Keanu Reeves for not having that much range. Um, but I saw a thing on Twitter recently where they, I think it was because it was his birthday a couple of days ago, right? He's 54? What? Yeah, he's 54. Jesus. He's like, happy birthday, Keanu Reeves. You know. Was he on the show? Friend yeah. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu, our boy. Um, but they said, like, yes, he's got a specific narrow range, but his level of ability within that range is astronomical. Mm. And I think we saw a real, like, shades of that within this film, because the character of Brendan that Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays... Apart from those key scenes, I really like the scene in the bedroom where he fucking yeah, cries. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like you know, what, you. I'm sure I've talked enough on the podcast about how I really enjoy seeing alternative takes on masculinity and seeing vulnerability being shown as something that is a genuine facet. Yeah. That's actually kind of a genre, uh, a, 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 and a version of the trope, right? Because normally you'd have the hard-bitten detective yeah, who's locked cause... off from his emotions, but you yeah. have this moment yeah, where he cracks, yeah. and you get to see that he is still just a kid yeah. who's lost someone he really cares about. Ah! And like also, all of the other men in this film, he just goes around and says how much they're saps. Mm. They're all mm. being taken for a ride by the other two main women. Yeah. The drama girl and Laura. Yeah. They're taken... All of these men for a ride, and they're playing every single one. Mm -hmm. No one else is in control. Yeah. They all think they're in control, but they're not. Yeah. Which is completely different than what you'd see in like a fifties detective story. Yeah, you'd have the concept of like the dangerous woman, the femme fatale, and all that. Yeah, but she but this was is different. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's more direct, and she's got more agency than yeah. you have from like the origins of the time. Ooh, 
Every but now I now every I want to single yeah. one. They're all being played by those two women. Yeah. 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 Man, so in fact, when we were saying that he like hits all the notes of the trope again, he slightly subverts. Yeah. And is like providing a different kind of take on it. Yeah. That's oh oh way to have consistency, yeah. Ryan Johnson. Good yeah. job. Yeah. We know you're listening. Friend of the show. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Oh, excuse me. Soundtrack is bomb ass. Excellent. It's so good. Mm. Those bits in like the quiet moments when it's like I don't know what like like the little bells mm-hmm. and like in sort of like you know fragmented scales going slightly and it's just creating this sort of unearthly sense of tension which goes along with that whole slight sense of unreality in the film as yeah. well that it's sort of like it's quite ethereal it's almost dreamlike and it's like ooh ooh yeah it's excellently understated oh it's so good I would happily actually listen to I might I might have to try and get that thing that soundtrack must be available surely. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to look into getting that just because I would happily listen to that. Mm. Like, just sort of, it's good thinking music. It is, yeah. It's yeah. just it is, you know, not in a bad way. You can you can just stick it on the background, yeah. sort of thing. But it's not like oh, it just fades away. It's sort discreet. Of thing. It is, yeah, yeah. It's discreet but present. It's very sort of like in your mind. It's sort of like mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So I'm definitely thinking we should mm. probably watch Don John. Okay, I've not seen that. Ah, I'll be interested. It's an, it's again coming back to my, you know, hey, Nick likes to watch films and other media that explore concepts of masculinity and relationship between the genders being a thing. Falls well into that bracket, (laughs) you know, which we'll get to that because that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's directorial debut. Uh, oh, which, I forgot he directed that. Which he wrote and directed? Yeah, wrote and directed. Yeah. Nice. Which we'll yeah. we'll give that a look. Okay. Um, how long have we been recording? Because I feel like I I I think I've said most of the things <laughs> that I want to say. There's not much to say about this film yeah, in general because from, it's just so fucking solid. Yeah, mm. it's just a really fucking good job. Yeah. Piece of filmmaking. And like, I feel like this is a useful thing to look at if you want to make an indie film. Yeah. Mm. This was made, I presume, on a very small budget. You could tell, like, I watched this film before I understood how to make films. Yeah. Uh, because I was still in high school, I think. Mm-hmm. And you can tell what they did now that you kind of know what films look like. You can tell, oh, like, when they go to the beach, they never show their mouths moving because every single bit of that is ADR. Like, yeah. there's all these cheats that you would never know about, but yeah. it was so clearly, like, brilliantly budgeted and made that you couldn't. You wouldn't know. They were like, what? They spent their money extremely well. Like, four locations, maybe? In the whole thing? Yeah. If that. But they try, it feels like they travel, but they don't. Yeah. Are you looking up the budget yes. right now, Sean? <laughs> I'll be surprised if you can get it, actually, given that it was like. Uh, 450 grand. Wow! What? <laughs> wow! Oh, <laughs> that is insane. How did they. That's 2005 money. Yeah. I was going to be like, I was going to say like two bills. I was, like, I was thinking a million. Yeah. yeah. Man. That's insane. That's it made, incredible. It made, it made 3.9 million in the end. That's, so like, that's so fucking respectable. Yeah. yeah. No wonder he went on to do quite well for yeah. himself. Yeah. That's insane. Oh. Fucking kudos to the people who are doing the budgeting. Yeah. Like just a yeah. whole team effort of just. That's the thing. I know Ryan Johnson's always used the same producer. Really? Like throughout everything, even with Star Wars. Interesting. Well. Uh, I think his name's Ram Bergman. Uh. Uh, so he's produced everything that, like, well, his films that he's done, and that's obviously not the TV uh. stuff, but presumably yeah. knows his shit very yeah. well. Man, four hundred grand. Mm. That's insane. That's crazy good. Yeah. Oh, oh, no appreciation for this, this film. Another example of why money is fucking pointless when you're talking about film. Yeah. Mm. 
What do you, what you can do with no money? Yeah, I mean, going back no to... No money's relative. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Going back to, like, Bound as well. Bound has, like, three locations. If that. Mm. It's got yeah. maybe, what, three rooms. And they're, yeah. yeah, they're all and indoors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're no exterior. It's probably yeah. all, they're all sets, probably, as yeah. well, yeah. aren't they? It's just so, like, like they had three rooms, all sets. I were out of studio for a few weeks. Yeah, and, 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 you know, what, like, four major actors? And you're just yeah. like, all right. Do you think it's higher or lower? I'm gonna oh higher or lower oh oh, 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 oh new segment new segment higher or lower um I'm oh. gonna take a guess at lower but four hundred grand so low wait wait what year was Bound made uh ninety six oh it's gotta be it's gotta be lower because yeah. money went further back in those days just okay. figure out this is our version of Price is Right isn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we'll buy we'll uh, be able to find this fast enough well, that's okay we me and Sean can vamp for time Sean yeah. if you haven't committed to higher or lower yet. Uh, oh, I think, yeah. We'll 400k, higher or lower, Sean Narbra, for the shoe that I'm holding. You won't win this shoe, it's not mine. I'm going to say higher, but not by much. Okay, you wanna, do you want to put a number to that, maybe? No. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say, like, 300, mm. but in 1995 money. Mm. You know, because that's, like, money went further, literally... Jesus, like... That, yeah, that was pre-crash. Yeah, yeah, so the dollar... Oh, so was this, though, wasn't it? 2005? Oh, yeah, 2008 yeah, yeah. was the crash. But, yeah. like, I feel like the dollar would have been weaker in 2005 than the 90s. Because the 90s was when the economy was ridiculously strong in America. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Okay. <laughs> it was six million. What?! And it, Where did they spend the money?! It made 3.8. Oh! 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 How is that possible? Wachowski siblings, what and happened? They got the Matrix off that as well. <laughs> How did they. Where did this. Like, okay, no disrespect. Bound is a beautiful movie. It looks good and it's a great film, but. Well, they didn't put it into the blood budget because the blood looked like paint. Yeah! It, which I honestly thought was a, theat a, you know, like a thematic choice given all the paint that's in the film. How? It was like a motif. Maybe they just. Paid everyone a ton. Maybe. I mean, hopefully, you know. You... That's what I'm thinking. It probably would have cost a lot to hire out the studio. I guess, yeah. Yes. If they were just that's all what sets. I'm thinking. Yeah, though. rather than yeah. filming on location, because obviously, brick like everything was on location. Yeah, it does seem like you're saying everything does seem to have been filmed in like a 15 mile radius. Yeah, really they were just times. like, let's go to somewhere in California, knock it out. Yeah, it was in. I, I don't know if it was actually in San Clemente, but I mean. Every small town in yeah. uh, small city in California looks like that. Nice. It's very easy. Could have just found an area where there's a school here, there's s suburbs here, there's a drain drainage yeah. pipe here. Yeah. Like done. Everything. <laughs> Nailed it. Have we got a car park? Yes. yes. Okay. Cool. Hire at least two cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one one muscle car, one yeah, convertible. Yeah. It was filmed entirely yeah. in San Clemente. Okay. There we go. Man. So basically, if you want to make a Oh, that, that could be my final thought. Oh, shit, shut up, Nick. Mm. Alright, um, so, we shall now rush headlong into final thoughts. That was a fun new segment. We should consider trying to, like, guess um, the budget shit. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'd okay. like to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be cool. Okay. Um, so, uh, Sean, your final thoughts on Brick. Uh, so, like I said, this works... I mean, there's something. One one ways this film was sold to me way back when was you know not just it's Ryan Johnson film that you should watch. It's like this is a high school film noir. Yeah. And it was just that thing of like that's an intrigue that's intriguing to me. I'm on board in that, and I ended up loving it. Mm. And like you know, you know, six seven years later, and that it's just still so strong. Mm. It it is definitely like it falls into those sort of 
the tropes of the film noir genre so well, but also as we figured out, and does it's change familiar, it up as well. It, yeah, it's yeah. familiar, but it tweaks it in ways that you're like, oh, mm. oh, and yeah. then you feel smart for having figured it out. <laughs> and like, like I said, there's like this is one of the films that made Joseph Gordon-Levitt one of my boys. And mm. That's like this. He's a good boy to have. Yeah, like this. Obviously, Five Hundred Days of Summer. If you know me well enough, mm-hmm. uh, Fifty Fifty as well. Fifty Fifty is a remarkably underrated. Film, it is a fan. Like, it, like that's one of those films. Like, because it's written by Seth Rogen. Ain't yeah. It? And you think it will fall into that Rogen-esque film, mm. and it's so different. Well, the thing is about Fifty Fifty. Have you, EJ, have seen Fifty Fifty? Yeah. I I feel like anyone who's gone through a friend or relative actually having to do the whole cancer thing, mm. which I have, like. There are things in Fifty Fifty because it is based on a real story of Seth Rogen and his friend who actually yeah. had cancer, who wrote the film with. It doesn't matter like how silly it gets in some places, and there's some wonderfully silly bits. Yeah. But the reality of that situation, especially when it's taken from a lived experience, mm. is so strong. Mm. Like the bit I'll always remember, minus spoilers for Fifty Fifty, I guess. Mm-hmm. As a side <laughs> yeah. warning, um, is towards the end when he's going in for the surgery. Mm. and he spent the whole film not being like being kind of like dismissive of the whole situation mm. and not being scared and then right before they're going to take him in he like freaks out and he's like he wants his parents and he like hugs his mom yeah. and he's crying and shit I'm like that That's moment very... I've literally like seen that happen I have been present for that happening and I was like that's real mm. yeah. like that's unequivocally how that is I mean that's like that's like a 10 minute period in that film uh, where it's like it's him going in for sur- surgery which does it chokes me up it hits that. me right in the guts and like the bit where he basically has like his breakdown in the car for mm. like, the yeah. night before I still think about that scene it's, it's such just like that was I think that might have been the moments where where Gordon Levitt became my boy because mm. it was just I think I was just like holy shit that is so strong and it's, it's a really like, good performance for yeah. 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 Um, and should we watch 50-50 at some point I watched that I film always watch that yeah, film. Yeah, I, I love that, that film. Yeah. It's a good film. Just a really solid yeah. piece of filming. Yeah. This has been a long final thought, Sean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Just Gordon Levitt, my boy. All right. Always. Okay. <laughs> EJ. Um, if I don't, I don't know. It's a fucking great film. It's a fucking great film. Yeah. If you want to watch a great film, watch this film. Yeah. Put subtitles on. Yeah. <laughs> or turn up really loud. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody mumbles and everybody talks like a lunatic, but it doesn't even matter. Because you're still drawn in. Yeah, like nobody talks like a real person, yeah. but it's they so talk fucking like beautiful characters. that you're just like, yeah, it's not, it's crazy, but it knows it's crazy. Yeah, mm. I, tell you, I tell you what, okay, so I got, my final thought, I got two points. One is the thing I was going to say earlier, which is if you want a primer on how to make a good indie film... If you've got like a bit of a budget, you've got a good script, you've got a person who knows how to shoot a scene, make something like this. Yeah. Where you can, like, and not just like make a noir, but you can see the way that it's constructed is like a guidebook of like, you have a strong actor to build your film around, you have a strong plot that is complex but never too complicated, you have strong style, you have good visual design, you have good um, costume work, and you can lean on that to make something really potent, even without much in the way of flash. I mean, there's nothing... What stunt work or set pieces is there in this? There's, like, a chase scene, which is just Gordon Levitt running really fast. Yeah. He can, he can run. There's some fights, but they cover it 
well. Yeah, it's they cut around the impacts yeah. and everything to imply strongly. Like, I love that there's that bit where in the fight he has with Brad, mm. where, like, a lot of it kind of awkwardly takes place off camera. It all takes it's... place on the floor. Yeah. 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 And you've got just people like, oh, what is it? You yeah. occasionally, like, it is that it's just they go off screen and then the tide changes for the fight. Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. Like, it's just, it's just like, comes constantly. back on. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. It, it means they cut around. It's clever because it's like, it's visually interesting because normally fight scenes aren't shot like that. Yeah. But also it allows you to not have to worry about injuring your actors or yeah, having particularly exactly. good choreography. Just throw like, a few mats on the ground, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Throw each other around. Um, Shit, what was my other point going to be? Oh, no! Uh, 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 I got distracted by talking uh, about good... <laughs> oh, got distracted by how good this film is. <laughs> I did get distracted by how good this film is. Um, yeah, basically, watch it, I guess. Uh, is it... I'm going to be on the train on the way home, listening to this, to you know make sure that it's good to put up. This is how the sausage gets made here at... Heard you saw Industries yeah. Limited. I get, we also there are no spoilers in this podcast, except for Fifty Fifty, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we managed to cleverly spoil kind of a different film to the film we were talking about. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, we will be back at another time, um, unless we do another podcast between now and the end of the month. The next one will be the Power Rangers movie, which will what. Yeah. Oh, you're what? Okay. Which I'm going yeah, to Liverpool to yeah, do yeah. with okay. an oh, entirely new crew. It'll be Nick on the road. I should reject it. That's okay. I I'm fine with that. Um. Oh, I I should have really stopped it there, but I didn't get into the phone. I'm doing this upside down. It's really hard. Um. So, dear listener, I did. Uh, you always know it's going to go into a spiral when I start using the phrase like "dear listener." Yeah. 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 Um. You need to have like a good. Cutting off, yeah. sign off, easy thing you can use all the time. You need a catchphrase. A catchphrase to end the podcast? Uh... <laughs> EJ just gestured at me to turn the podcast off. <laughs>